Greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sunday School Podcast for the fourth Sunday in Advent. Christmas is almost here. And today we're looking at the Gospel reading and Old Testament readings for this Sunday. We'll be taking a look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And then a closely related Old Testament text from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 17. Rather short lessons, Matthew 1, 18 through 25 is a, is a story of Christmas from, from the Gospel of Matthew. Quite a bit shorter than Luke chapter 2, which has, you know, the, the shepherds and the angels and, and, and all sorts of things going on. Matthew is pretty straightforward. It begins like this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So the story of Matthew begins with Mary and Joseph betrothed. Try to imagine hearing this text without knowing Luke chapter 1 and the angel's visit to Mary. Story begins, Mary and Joseph are betrothed, which means they are legally married step one, which means they are committed to each other for life. But the wedding has not taken place yet, and they have not yet consummated their marriage with sexual intercourse. The wedding day is coming. They live in that anticipation, but they're already legally bound to each other for life. And all of a sudden, one day, Joseph finds out that Mary is with child which to all appearances indicates that Mary has broken her marriage vows already and she slept with another guy. Joseph, being just, not wanting to put Mary to shame, resolves to divorce her quietly. Remember, a betrothal is legally binding for life, so even though they're not totally married yet, to break a betrothal you have to file for divorce, and you have to have cause. Joseph certainly appears to have cause. He's a just man. He's a merciful man. He doesn't want to shame Mary. He's he's not malicious or vindictive. But he sees it best to divorce this woman who appears to be unfaithful. And again, to all appearances, he's got a great case. But here in Matthew chapter 1, already we have a theme that develops throughout the Gospel of Matthew, really throughout all the Gospels, and that is this. For people to know the ways of God, especially the ways of God concerning Christ and salvation, it has to be revealed to them. If you just look at appearances, you'll never figure out the Gospel. The only way you're going to know that God loves you because Christ died for you to take away your sins is if God reveals that to you by means of his holy word. 
At this point of the story, Joseph doesn't have that yet. He just knows what he sees. And he sees that Mary is pregnant. And he knows that the kid is not his. So he resolves to divorce her quietly. In verse 20 we read, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All right, when Joseph goes by appearances, Mary is unfaithful because you can't know the ways of God, especially concerning Christ and salvation, without special direct revelation. I should just say special revelation. And God gives him that through the angel of the Lord. This is probably just an angel. Sometimes in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord is in fact God himself. Um, Most specifically, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is Christ before his incarnation. The, uh, The text here doesn't really indicate that this is Jesus telling Joseph that he's the kid inside of Mary's womb. So this is probably just an angel of the Lord. But Once again, we have here the Holy Trinity at work because it's the angel of the Lord telling Joseph that the Son, Jesus, is conceived by the Holy Spirit. So here we have the triune God at work for your salvation once again. The angel calls Joseph the son of David. That's a messianic term, not that Joseph is the Messiah, But to put in Joseph's mind that he and and Mary are are part of David's descendants, and and so they are in the line for the Messiah. And so even though Jesus will not be Joseph's son, um, he'll still be in the household of, of David, if you will. And the angel tells Joseph to take Mary as his wife because she has not been unfaithful. Instead, she's been most faithful She's trusted in the word that Gabriel, the angel, has spoken to her from the Lord. And that is that the baby she carries inside of her is the Son of the Most High, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so says the angel, she, Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, For he will save his people from their sins. You shall call his name Jesus, says the angel. Jesus is the Greek form of the Old Testament name Joshua or Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves. Who does Yahweh save? Yahweh saves his people. Now here, Joseph should call this baby's name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, which indicates that if they are his people, then he, this baby Jesus, is Yahweh in the flesh. And he's not just going to forgive sins, just remove guilt. He's going to save his people from their sins. 
He's going to restore all that was lost by the fall into sin. He's going to restore paradise once again where God and man dwell together. What, what a message to Joseph. First off, Mary's child is conceived by the Holy Spirit and Mary is faithful and, and, and he should marry Mary. And also when the baby is born, Joseph is to name the baby Jesus, which means Yahweh saves because Jesus is Yahweh in the flesh saving. Now, Matthew goes on to add this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That prophecy is from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. That's in our Old Testament reading today, so we'll talk about that in just a minute, but let's finish the gospel lesson first. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph believes And Joseph obeys. So waking from the dream, he does what the angel of the Lord commands him. He takes Mary as his wife. And when when the baby is born, he names the baby Jesus, trusting that, uh, that God is here at work in the flesh to save. Quick note here, which may or may not matter a lot to you. Um... Verse 25 says that Joseph knew her not until she had given birth to a son, which means that Joseph did not have sexual intercourse with Mary until after Jesus was born. Now, after Jesus is born, there is some debate. Did Joseph and Mary ever have sexual relations? And the reason I pose that question is because historically, for most of the past 2,000 years, it was held within the church that Mary was always a virgin and that Joseph never knew her. Now, grammatically, the simplest understanding of this verse is Joseph knew her not until she had given birth to a son and then he and Mary had a normal married life with sexual relations. It is, um, I guess, notable though, that that until this past century, it was simply a given that Mary was a virgin all her life. And when it speaks of, of Jesus' brothers and sisters in the Gospels, these are either cousins or else perhaps Joseph had another wife. And so these are, these are um, stepbrothers and sisters to Jesus. If you read through uh, the the Lutheran fathers, Luther and and, and Chemnitz and Gerhard and the rest, they don't even question it. They simply assume that that Mary is a a virgin throughout her life after giving birth to, to the baby Jesus. I just bring that up because it is inconclusive. Um, And in the end, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, And he is our Savior who sheds his blood to save us. Now, 
to the Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 7, where we have this prophecy about the virgin conceiving and bearing a son. Our Old Testament reading is Isaiah 7, verses 10 through 17, and it reads like this. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. Okay, so we have the prophecy about uh, the virgin bearing a son and calling his name Emmanuel in the story about King Ahaz. Now, Ahaz is, is the king of Judah after the, the northern ten, tri- ten tribes have split off from the southern tribes. Ahaz is in trouble because the northern tribes, led by the tribe of Ephraim, they have allied themselves with the Gentile nation of Syria, and Ephraim and Syria together are preparing to go to war against Judah. And it looks like Judah is going to get defeated pretty soundly. As Ahaz worries about this and can do nothing about it but prepare to fight a losing battle, God sends Isaiah to comfort the king, to assure him that Judah will not be destroyed. And as part of this, God through Isaiah says to Ahaz, Hey, ask for a sign that my promise is true and I'll give you the sign. Now, it's wrong to test God and demand what he doesn't promise. But when God commands you to ask for something, you ask for something. Because then you're not, you're not being insolent. You're obeying him. However, when God says to Ahaz, ask for a sign, Ahaz refuses. He is being insolent. He doesn't quite buy into God and his promises and doesn't want to push the issue. Ahaz refuses to ask for a sign, so God declares a sign anyways. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So God declares that a child will be born. However, he also says in the Old Testament reading that because 8th century Syria and Ephraim and 8th century Judah refused to repent, the empire of Assyria is coming. And Assyria will wipe out Ephraim. Assyria will wipe out the northern ten tribes. I mean, they're, they're, they're never heard from again after Assyria is done with them. And Assyria will persecute Judah as well. 
So God promises that the virgin will conceive and bear a son. This is a promise of Jesus because the son's name shall be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And in Jesus, God is with us. He's sharing our humanity. He's, 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 he's in the flesh with us. However, Ahaz and Judah and Israel do not repent. And so in the meantime, another child is born, a child born to Isaiah and his wife. And this child's name is Maher Shalal Hashbaz which is a terribly underused name these days. I don't know any Maher Shalal Hashbaz's myself. Maher Shalal Hashbaz's name means the spoil speeds and the prey hastens. And so the name of Isaiah's son declares that Assyria is coming. The spoil speeds, the prey hastens. It's just a matter of time until Israel's wiped out and Judah is persecuted by the Assyrians. However, Isaiah declares in chapter 8, the following chapter, verse 8, that Judah will survive specifically because Judah is the land of Emmanuel. There'll be those who plot otherwise, plot to wipe out Judah. But again, in verse 10 of chapter 8, Isaiah says, they will be defeated because God is with us. Or in Hebrew, they will be defeated because Emmanuel, God is with us, and God will keep his promises. So God promises Emmanuel is coming. God promises that Jesus will be born of the Virgin Mary. In the meantime, there will be trouble. There will be uh, rejection. There will be unbelief. The ten tribes will be wiped out. Judah will suffer, but not be fully wiped out. And then in chapter 9, two chapters after this prophecy... Isaiah announces that uh, the people living in darkness have seen a great light because unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. So in the midst of all the dreck and the turmoil and the, the darkness and the unbelief at the time of Isaiah, God still promises the Savior And even as Assyria approaches and destruction follows, Isaiah rejoices that the child is born, the son is given. The prophet looks forward to the the time when Emmanuel will come because by his work of salvation, he will save those who believe in him before his birth. Isaiah and all God's faithful people included. So, in, in, the, in the darkness of, 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 of the times of Isaiah, they look forward to, uh, to the birth of Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 1, Joseph and Mary get to look at their baby boy named Jesus, named Yahweh saves. Their baby boy named Emmanuel, God is with us. And say, behold, that son has come. And that's the theme of Advent, is it not? The coming of Jesus. So now just a few days away from Christmas, what joy do we have? 
that the Christ has come in the flesh, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, that Christ comes to us in his word and sacraments, and that Christ will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and take us to heaven. What joy do we have? All right, that concludes our look at the gospel reading and Old Testament lesson for this fourth Sunday in Advent. God grant you every good gift as you meditate upon this passage further. God grant you every blessing if you're teaching this to others. And God grant you every blessing as you prepare for the celebration of Christmas and the birth of Jesus. And until we speak again, the Lord order your days and your deeds in his peace. Amen.